Hello there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Super Cast Brothers, the podcast where I am forced to deal with this guy's antics on a regular basis and also talk about Smash Brothers. So, uh, hey, tonight it's a Smashtopia episode, and uh, that means that I should introduce ourselves before we forget, like we kind of keep doing uh, fairly. Regularly, honestly. Uh, hey, I'm Santok, always known as Lister, and that guy who's pedaling or on a treadmill, what, what, what are you doing? Are you playing Ring Fit? I'm working my way towards a peanut butter sandwich. Ah, so you are playing Ring Fit. I am. It's a hefty workout. Yeah, it was. Oh, God, I quit. It really kicks your butt. Yeah, who Check are you? Check out Shuffle Like Star Gaming, Ring Fit Adventure, Santok. Uh, oh, I'm Zantok. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm uh. You you know me as Jono or or John or Jonathan or Johnny or JoJo or JoJo. I know myself as Jay on the side occasionally when I want to be more of a more of an edgelord, but no one else ever really adopted that besides myself. No. So I went back Nobody to Jono did. after after about a year in in uh high school where I decided. You thought just you thought shorting to just letter J was being an edgelord? Oh, I have no idea what I thought at the time. Okay, because uh, definitely was not. I, I didn't. I don't see, think that I really thought. See, your problem was when you did that is that everyone was just like, everybody already knew you as Jonas. So like, why are they going to change calling you Jay? Yeah, precisely, precisely. Also, referring to somebody as Jay while typing up a sentence, that J can be easily missed or read as just an, uh, the letter I. Right. And even then, the letter J in Microsoft Outlook is a placeholder for an emoji. For all, for so for all you know, it could have been a J could have been translated as eggplant in the modern age, or Anyways, face. anyways, our uh, regional indicator F. Nope. Anyway, nope. So, uh, as I mentioned, today is another Smashtopia episode, and, you know, as we like to do once a season, we, we want to do an episode that's not just about characters, because we do them every other time. In Season 1, we showed off a bunch of Assistropia ideas. Season 2, stages. But today, as you can tell in the episode title, because there's no real point in being coy about anything, we're talking about Pokeball Pokemon! You know, you toss the Pokeball item onto the stage, and out pops a, a Goldine or a Wobbuffet, or maybe sometimes a you get a Kyurem. No, no, Jigglypuff's not in a Pokeball. No, oh. no, no. Oh. You're thinking oh. of Clefairy. Clefairy. Oh. Wouldn't that have been an interesting place to live in? The world where Clefairy became the mascot instead of Pikachu. I don't think Jigglypuff would have been in the anime at that point, at least not as prominently. They're not going to have two pink puff balls doing that kind of thing. Yeah. If, imagine if, imagine, yeah. yeah, imagine if Pikachu was the villain now. What, what if, <laughs> what, like, 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 even ignoring, like, what, instead of Meowth, what if Pikachu was Team Rocket's Pokemon? A talking <laughs> Pikachu that was always trying to take out Clefairy. What a Would that world! Be played by Ryan Reynolds. Holy cow! No, probably the same oh, okay. voice actress that already plays Pikachu. 
Oh, got it, got it. Yeah. Slightly less interesting now, but it's still a great idea. Yep. They should do a fan fiction about that. I don't see why. But anyways, I don't know. so we're going to be talking about some Pokeball Pokemon tonight. Uh, we have we both the both of us have a lot of ideas that we wrote down, uh, and we're going to get through as many of them as we possibly can tonight. Anything we don't get to, we might do a very, very quick once over of right at the very end of the show, and then you'll be able to read all of these, both the ones that we are able to talk more about tonight and anything that we just have at the very end. Uh, all of them are going to be uploaded to the Smashtopia Wiki before this episode even goes live. So you might have already seen them if you ever if you look at the wiki at all. So hey, there's yeah, that. There's a few, yeah. Sweet. We are we are the oh, few of us. Us, uh, Kelly, Jelly, uh... yeah, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. Uh, before we <laughs> get into right those, though, we have our reason. what. Oh, a couple of folks that like to edit it for no reason. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, it. so sometimes there's people. like some odd edits that happen on the wiki, and then either I go in and fix it, or they immediately get rid of their own edit right away. I don't, I don't know. So long as they're not vandalizing it, I don't really care too much. Just don't, just don't change my shit, and don't remove my shit or mm -hmm. do dumb shit. If you want to upload your own item or Pokemon. Or character, or stage, or whatever. Go for it. I have pages on there for um, templates that you can look at. Just type in like stage submission form or item submission form, and the templates are all right there. And copy and paste, mm -hmm. get to work. Please do. What? Please do. We're yeah. about to hit a thousand submissions anytime now, so you could be the thousandth. Uh, it's very possible. Uh, we 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 are very very likely to hit a thousand uh, this year because of a certain somebody's special little project that they're doing. But, like, the, the wiki, you know, anybody can post on there. Just don't change shit that you didn't work on. That's the only thing we really ask. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, speaking of Smash Shelby, yeah, excited about this episode. This is gonna be a fun one. Yeah. Especially on that Arceus hype. Yes, time. yes. Uh, we, we didn't plan it. But we're real good at timing. Mm -hmm. Uh, because... Uh, we picked the day to do this episode, and then it turns out Pokemon Legend Arceus just released not that long ago. I've been playing a fuck ton of it. I'm in the post game uh, now. I have 90 hours plus in the game. Uh, I'm basically just trying to grind out some of the last, try, trying to get to that last research rank, and then I'm going after the final legendaries. So I'm getting very close <laughs> to being done. Oh, what oh, a game! Buddy. It's fucking good. It is. If if recent if modern Pokemon has kind of been leaving you down, and you want something more, get Arceus. You'll you'll like it absolutely. Probably there's a lot more focus on the exploration and actually can, like research and learn about Pokemon as opposed to battling. Like, there is still battling, but it definitely takes a backseat. You get to dodge and potentially be beat up by a Bidoof's rollout. So yeah, you know, live out your wildest dreams. Well. Beedoof, I mean, I guess if you run into an Alpha Beedoof, he'll attack you. But typically, Beedoof will run mm -hmm. away. True. If any. Shinx, though. That's the yeah, Shinx. Shinx is, is aggressive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, before we waste too much time with this, uh, let's go ahead and get into our Smashtopia showcases that we'd like to do before we jump into Smashtopia. 
Usually oh, we yeah. both have two that we like to show off, but since, but for today, since we have a bunch of Pokemon ideas that we want to try and get through as many of those as possible, we're just going to do one showcase each, and then we're going to jump right into the main meat of the episode. So, uh, Jono, do you want to go first, or should I go first? What? Uh, you know what? I will go first. Um since you offered me the opportunity to toss that coin. So, um, Oh, where are you tossing your coin? My, uh, to, uh, to your Witcher. Oh, really? Really? Oh, oh Rally of Plenty. Yes. We, uh, have Geralt of Rivia up on the Smashtopia wiki now, courtesy of, um, me. Uh, he's kind of the pop culture man of the hour right now because of the Netflix shows. Um, also still a little bit of the, of the Gwent, the the Witcher Tales, uh, Wild Hunt, and the expansion as well, being very popular games uh, in the current landscape as well. Uh, so really, the Witcher seen this renaissance recently. It's, it's a series that I've been enjoying since, uh, admittedly, the, the second game of the series. So not for uh, striking a long time, but it's uh, it's been fun to get into the world. It was really fun to get this one down. So as part of, as like the thirty first submission ending January for me in my daily submission ascent, decided to do something meaty and uh, with a lot of sinew that would be difficult to grasp. So I did a lot of silly little ones leading up to Geralt, like a beach ball, and just was like, okay. I mean, if you're doing down. a, a submission yeah. a day, you gotta have some, you gotta have like a lot of small shit in there. It's the only way yeah. to stay safe. Yeah. Whoa. Absolutely. Just just wait. And, there, and there's a place for that kind of stuff, too. Um, ultimately, though, we, we got Geralt as, like, this big commemorative, hey, we got through January sort of thing. Um, we I really just packed him full of stuff. I don't even know. I'm not going to go through, like, everything that he has because it's just a crap ton. Mm -hmm. uh, essentially, um, so even right from the start, I mean, you say in the character submission form of Smashtopia, you can have up to five victory poses when a character usually has three. I was like, okay, let's give him five. Fair. Uh, he has Roach the horse, and as Witcher fans know, Geralt um, calls all of his horses Roach. So there's multiple horses named Roach that he could potentially be taking out onto the stage, and he'll say, good girl Roach or good boy Roach. <laughs> um, dependent. Uh, he has his, yeah, he has his crossbow from The Witcher Three. Use it if you charge it; it turns into a flaming bolt. Fairly typical directional input, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, you have a sign output for the side special. Uh, standard forward side is is hard. Blast that uh, compressed wind forward. Uh, tilted upwards. You're using Igni with uh, billowing flames, uh, akin to Bowser or Charizard in, in a sense. Um, move it down you're using urdin which is a uh, summoning a pillar of just like pulsing purple light uh into the force field and you, you, if you're fighting Geralt, you're, you're going to see a lot of slowdown kind of like luigi's negative zone but on a smaller scale uh you have double up on ard um being one of Geralt's signature signs for the up special he blasts downward uh you can press it again have him uh come down with the swords uh, and that comes out on either side of him and pushes opponents away from him as it's going up. Uh, down special is a Witcher bomb. He has three different types of bombs they can use. That uh, some of them are like a typical bomb. Uh, other ones are 
icy or, or poisonous, respectively. Uh, Axie as his final smash. Um, hypnotizing an opponent into place for him to just beat the crap out of him. Uh, extra skills, holy cow. Yeah, steel and silver blades. We're not skimping here. Uh, you know, steel, um, you, you use against uh, enemies like uh, hu humanoid enemies. So if you hit Mario or Ike or Leon Kennedy or Link or whoever with a steel blade, they'll deal more damage. If you hit a creature like Kirby or Pikachu or, or whoever with a, with a silver blade, you'll be dealt a little more damage. There's some other properties in there as well. And then there's potions and decoctions as a second extra skill. And that comes with a toxicity effect as well. So while you're using uh, a potion like Black Blood or, or Thunderbolt or the Griffin decoction, you are constantly filling up this bar. And uh, you fill up the bar too much, you're, you're going to be dealing damage to Geralt as you're experiencing the uh, positive side effects of the potions as well. Uh, oh, and he has all of his different costumes from the different Witcher schools. There you go. Okay. I, I do have a question for you on the whole... And there's uh, more. But I'm not mentioning it here. Just go look at it. Right. It's, uh, I took a brief look at it myself before we started today. And it's a very meaty submission. Holy shit. Dono is not kidding <laughs> when he says that he just pared it all down. That was a skim of a skim of a skim. Truly. Uh, I, I did have a question about uh, one of the mechanics. The steel and silver swords. So steel swords deal more damage against, uh, you know, your your normal human characters, your Mario's, your Links, your villagers. While the silver is going to do more against your more your animals and your monsters, Ridley, Wolf, uh, all of the Pokemon. But I have a question. What about Robin Mega Man? True. Um, in, in, in the case of Rob, I would see him, you know, being less humanoid, being more of a robot in mm -hmm. design and aesthetic, probably the silver sword that would do more damage. Uh, in Mega Man's case, he's a robot, but he looks like a human, so I'd say the steel sword would do more damage. Okay. Kind of what um, I was yeah, thinking that's, about. That's, Fair enough. Yeah. Kind of gave it a caveat at the end where I'm like, play around with it and see what works best for who. <laughs> yeah. I mean, considering that on this wiki, we're constantly adding new things. We're anything that's like that, or like Steve's ability to, um, get different kinds of blocks on different stages with different frequencies or Palatina's guidance and snakes codex. Considering we're constantly adding new characters and stages to the wiki, we're not going to list every, like what it would be for every character. Cause that would be pure insanity. We'd have to update what it'd be like how Sakura has to make a new Kirby hat for Kirby every time. We'd have to do the same thing every time we have a new stage or character. It's like, nah, fuck this shit. Right. I mean, we could right. add, theoretically, we could add a Palatina's Guidance or a Snake's Codec uh, area on each character page, but no. Yeah, it's kind of no. like what I want to do with, with Jin Sakai's haiku eventually, yeah. but then. I see the character page continue to grow, and I'm like, ooh, 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 maybe we added like twenty to day. we added like something like twenty or thirty characters last year alone to the wiki. This year, no. it's definitely going to be more. Yeah, yeah. It's like don't like mm -hmm. if somebody wants to make a page for Palatina's Guide or something, they just want to make some like as they go. That's fine, but we're not doing mm -hmm. it every time a character gets added. 
Fuck that. <laughs> oh, you have to God. actually be a little overly clever to even figure it out. Like, that would be harder than yeah. writing a Geralt move set at some, at some mm-hmm. point. Maybe, maybe someday maybe. we'll do an episode kind of just throwing some ideas for that out there. Because that could, that could be kind of interesting. One day we're going to mow through, like, every other submission type and have to. So. <laughs> yep. Yep. But before we get to the Pokemon, I got my own little showcase I want to show off. Mine is also a character. Uh, and mine's actually a Pokemon. Uh, I, yeah. You know, I also completely forgot to throw up the image for Geralt while you were talking about him. So there's the image for that now. My bad. He's, uh, <laughs> there you go. You can see him. Uh, now he goes away. Guy. Pichu! Hey! Everybody's favorite non-evolved Pikachu thing. Uh, so, why am I talking about Pichu? He's already in Smash. Uh, well, my version of Pichu works quite a bit differently than he does in official Smash. Uh, this Pichu uh, is one that I worked on before Ultimate was even known about. I, I created this version of Pichu at the end of August in 2017. That's how old this idea is. Then what I wanted to do with Pichu is I wanted to make a moveset for him where he would be not, not just be a clone of Pikachu anymore, but still retain his ability to damage himself, but make it make it not just be an utter joke. Make him actually be able to use the damage that he inflicts upon himself as a mechanic that can help him out. Because Pichu's, uh, if I remember correctly from some of the research I was doing, well, yeah, see, I'm looking at this right here. Unfortunately for Pichus of all kinds, they're inept that storing electricity can unintentionally discharge electricity, hurting themselves and their surroundings. So it makes sense for Pichu to have a gimmick like this. So I decided, you know what? Fuck it. Let's lean into this. So for the most part, things like taunts and vector puzzles are less than the same. Uh, changes the entrance from being a regular Pokeball gets thrown out, changes to a friend ball, since Pichu evolves into Pikachu uh, by uh, affection, or not affection, friendship. But the standard special I changed from being a uh, little thunder jolt into spark, which just has Pichu uh, have a little AOE around himself, a little electricity burst, and he just like bursts out, damages whatever's around him, but it also will hurt him. Uh, you can then charge it up if you want to to increase the range and the size of it. Uh, when you're in midair, um, the range is a lot smaller. Uh, but while doing that, you know, it. It's it's a damaging move around himself, but also hurts him a little bit. It's the really key idea behind it. People who are running up on you, just smack the button, and now they're hurt, and maybe they'll maybe they'll all be an open for you to attack back. When Kirby mm-hmm. uh, when Kirby copies this move, he does not hurt himself. However, the side special is now Nuzzle instead of uh, Skull Bash, but this move is kind of similar to Skull Bash, so I left that kind of a thing into it. It's a bit of a mix between Skull Bash and Diddy Kong's Monkey Flip. So Pichu will take a flying leap forwards and he'll latch himself onto somebody's face if he's able to run into them. And he'll just like nuzzle his little cheeks against them, zapping them with electricity, uh, doing a small amount of damage, damaging both them and himself. Uh, you can charge it up, but it doesn't do any extra damage. It's just a way nice. to get extra range. It's similar to Skull Bash. Up special is still agility. No change there. It's still the exact same move that he has in melee and ultimate and what Pikachu uses as well. Uh, then down special is Electro Ball, so he'll shoot out a small ball of electricity that flies faster the farther away it gets. So it starts out very slow, and then it just gets faster and it zooms fucking forward. Uh, it's a You can charge mm-hmm. it up to be about as big as Mewtwo's Shadow Ball, which also increases the damage. But charging it up does deal more damage to Pichu when he uh, 
uh, fires that. I, actually, I would say that Pichu get Pichu takes some amount of damage when he fires the electric ball, but when you charge it up, instead of like it doing more damage when it launches, instead he's taking damage as it charges. Hmm. Nice. Maybe maybe the, either that or like maybe he'll take damage if he starts charging it beyond where it can't get any bigger. I might I might make an edit there. But the final smash okay. is Electric Terrain, uh, which is a move that I believe was introduced in Gen 6 or Gen 7. Uh, Pichu will take, you know, all this store of electrical energy and sudden filter, and he's going to release into the very air around. Uh, this was that the entire stage of electricity. This is a Final Smash that was created before Ultimate had its whole thing where we're making everything quicker and to the point. So this Final Smash isn't, like, under this new quote-unquote rule that's still, like, Kind of the old system where things can be whatever the fuck. So when this final smash is activated, uh, three things are going to be happening. The first is that no character can be put to sleep during this final smash. Sorry, Jigglypuff. Secondly, all electrical <laughs> attacks, Pichus as well as any other characters, will deal a greater amount of damage. And then thirdly, none of Pichus' attacks will cause him to take any stealth damage as long as the final smash is in play. So nice. all of a sudden, this, this final smash puts a big, big buff on Pichu essentially, while also removing sleep. Why does that matter when Pichu doesn't do with sleep? It's just what Electric Terrain does in the Pokemon games. Mm -hmm. And then that will last for a set amount of time before the Electric Terrain fades away and Pichu is back to his normal self. But then the last thing I want to mention, well, I guess the second last thing, or third, maybe, I don't know. Extra skill, Discharge. So for Discharge, all that damage that Peach has been dealing to himself this whole time is being tracked next to his damage percent. There's going to be a secondary number uh, that you have on there that this whole time, and it's going to build up. When you use Discharge, this entire thing depletes to zero. So Peach is going to unleash all of the electricity he has dealt to himself back out around him. It's going to cause a shock of energy to fire off of Pichu, going f to the left and right, hurting anyone within range. The more damage Pichu has stored up, mm -hmm. the greater the damage and range the skill will have. Pichu will not take any damage when he uses the skill, however. It's just Pichu using the static electricity that he's been hurting himself with all this time and putting it to good use. Additionally, even though I mentioned that the Final Smash uh, has him use up all his stored energy, the Final Smash doesn't change the percentage that he's been storing up with this unique trait. Uh, that said, mm -hmm. this trait, this number of damage that he will be tracking caps out at 50. So if Pichu takes 51% damage in self-inflicted attacks, it will not rise above 50%. So there is a hard cap on that and what Discharge is capable of doing. Uh, the last two things I want to mention with the, what I did with Pichu, I've given the homestead of Ilix Forest from the Jota region, which is where Celebi's shrine is uh, early on in the game. And then uh, for, for some of his ultimate costumes, you know, I brought back uh, the green backpack from Melee that was missing an ultimate. I also gave him uh, an ult where he gets to wear Lyra's hat. Uh, one where he has the blue ukulele <laughs> from uh, Pokemon Ranger Guardian mm -hmm. Science that he can, will carry on his back. And then, you know, of course, we got to have a shiny ult. And I decided to let him wear the large floppy summer hat that he can have in Pokemon Go complete with, uh, with uh, uh, sunglasses. I thought that'd be a pretty nice. amusing thing. Just see Pichu with like this giant floppy hat on his head fighting. It's like, come on. Why not? 
That is pretty cool and entertaining. Holy cow. His melee artwork is funny in, in, in retrospect. A lot of people's melee artwork is funny. Yeah, it's very true. <coughs> um, uh oh, you, oh, oh boy. Ooh, I swallowed that water wrong. Um, um, wow. Okay. That's okay. Well, if you were going to die, I guess you may as well do it on camera. You're going to go viral. Ooh, all right. Like, uh, holy cow. Yeah, why something. not? So, uh, with <laughs> that, we talked about Geralt. We talked about Pichu. Let's get into Pokeballs. Okay. So, Let's get into Pokeballs. I do like how Pichu, you gave his discharge, you know, like a... You gave him usefulness with this. Yes. So every even even as you're accumulating gam damage, it's building to something. So you don't just have this that uh, effet character that yeah. Why, like why would you play as them? So like, I, I wanted to make now, now I wanted to turn Pichu into one, not a clone, and two, if not a joke, but still maintain what makes him Pichu. Mm -hmm. And I think I did a good job with it. Just me. You did. You did. <laughs> All right, so I gave you the choice of who was going to start their showcase, and I'm going to give it back to you again. Who should we start off with our Pokeballs? You or me? Uh, you. All right. In that case, I decided that I'm going to start small. Okay. So this Pokemon uh, comes from Generation 2, Johto, and I'm going to begin with Spinarak. You know, the little little baby spider right. Pokemon. Now, in the real world, nice. I don't like spiders. Ow! <laughs> like, go fuck yourself. But the spider Pokemon, yeah. I honestly don't have a problem with. Uh, although I do think I prefer Joltik and Galvantula's designs over Spinarak and Ariados. But, you know, that's just a design standpoint. So for Spinarak here, mm -hmm. uh, I'm envisioning him as, like, it's a small. Like, he, he's about the size... Of uh, of a couple Pikmin, like I don't know if I'd like maybe, maybe a little bit shorter than the Pikmin, but like about as wide as two or three. So when Spinarak appears, he's just going to be scuttling on the stage, and he's going to be looking for uh, one of the opponents of the fight. And when he gets near one, and he can like get close enough to them, he's going to jump at them and latch on, and he'll just be like on their back, their arm, somewhere kind of like how a gooey bomb or one is or Snake C four can get stuck to go. Just be like. Somewhere on them. Mm -hmm. uh, and then during the stage, Spinner will be using the moves Bug Bite to constantly bite on them and deal damage over time. Uh, also, just like Gooey Bomb mm -hmm. or Magnus Crash Bomb, Spinner can be passed from one player to another by running into them during the fight. So be careful because Spinner could be passed back to the player that even threw the Pokeball, and now they're taking damage from their own supposed ally. Uh, it's not too much damage, though, and he can't be KO'd. But uh, it could add up. Good, it could. That's fun opening it up with a spider from the from the spider guy. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine Spinarak on your back. Holy cow. Uh, uh, well, that's a. Uh... <laughs> no. Maybe better than maybe it would be slightly better just knowing that it's actually a Pokemon and you could catch it. I don't know. Uh. Hmm. And again, some people train tarantulas, I guess. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, 
some spiders are radioactive, and, and that's a whole other story. Spider um, Man. Okay, so it's a popular film yeah. in Pokemon World. <laughs> Ain't that so? That and uh, the boy with the uh, smoochum tattoo. Yes, is a big one. Yeah. Speaking of which, my first Pokemon is also from Johto and and Gen two, and it is smoochum. Ah, okay. The uh, the so-called um, adorable human baby-like Pokemon. Okay. Who, um, yeah, <laughs> it's the pre-evolution of Jinx, and that should pretty much say it all, um, as, far, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but anyway, um, Smoochum will be summoned onto the stage and just immediately start running around and, and leaping towards its opponents nearby. Uh, so latch onto them and then give them just a big smooch. Hmm. Um, before And then it'll just like kind of kickflip, leap back onto the ground, and just start that process all over again. Um, the kiss can come in two forms. It'll be either sweet kiss or lovely kiss. Okay. So, Sweet Kiss, um, you know, a glowing, like, bright pink set of lips will appear uh, over the opponent, like, just a, a signification that Sweet Kiss is being used. Uh, Lovely Kiss, those lips will be blue. Um, Sweet Kiss temporarily confuses opponents, so it'll scramble your controls, which is just lovely. I hate that more than oh, anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Lovely Kiss will temporarily force them to sleep. And uh, no, bada-bing, bada-bing, cannot be KO'd. Yeah. Yeah, that would, that would be a fun retribution. Yeah. <laughs> and there you go. That's that's my first. All right. I mean, uh, using one of the uh, kiss moves makes a lot of sense for a smooch. I mean, when you just look at the design, it's like, yeah. Yeah, all right. I see it. Mm -hmm. it I would have done something like that. Or maybe like powder snow, I guess. But no, I think mm -hmm. that would make sense. Yeah, sweet. Kiss. <laughs> Alright, so uh, jumping ahead in the generations here, uh, I'm going to go ahead and talk about Crocodile next. One of my favorites, and uh, especially a top favorite of Gen 5, alongside Darmanitan, which sadly I'm not going to be talking about tonight, uh, even though mm -hmm. he was heavily considered. Heavily. Uh, but mm -hmm. Crocodile big guy, right? He's a, he's a big crocodile, so already, you know, just imagine he's gonna have some good size to him when he's on the stage. Uh, and he is pissed <laughs> off. Like, he, he just arrives on stage, and he's just like, he's mad, because first of all, he's not a playable character, and he's having to fight for somebody else, but the fuck <laughs> is this bullshit? And he's just gonna start swinging his tail with force from one side to the other, left to right, every time, just back and forth with it. Now, this tail hits pretty hard, so it's definitely gonna be damaging if you get hit by it. That said... This tail is not the main point of this attack, because what Crocodile is actually doing is using the move Scorching Sands, which is essentially a ground-type version of Scald. It's, it's a move that can burn. So, what's happening here is that as Crocodile's tail is dragging across the ground, he's actually kicking up a bunch of sand that is just being flung up into the air. And each little piece of sand itself is going to be doing minor damage. And I'm talking about, like, 0.1% damage. That's how mine yeah. are going here. Minimal, even. But, that's a lot of sand. So, just because a piece of it is only going to do 0.1% damage, 
doesn't mean you're not going to take some hefty damage from it. It's still not going to be anything too scary, but you know. Uh, that said, also, it's going to come with it, you know, the fire effect of uh, what the damage is. So any kind of uh, spirits, stickers, whatever that affect fire damage will have an effect on the damage you get hit by this attack. The sand also doesn't do a whole lot of knockback. It, there's a little bit, but it's not like completely free of knockback, like something like uh, Palutena's Heavenly Light was. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the the, other, the only other thing I have really to mention about it is that uh, if an opponent is frozen and they get hit by this scorching sand, then they're immediately unfrozen, just like they would be in the actual Pokemon games. And a crocodile is only on the stage for about 8 seconds, which is just enough time from the swing's tail towards each side twice. So, mm -hmm. it's threatening, but he won't be there for long. It's not like Black Knight, where he tries to chase you down for bloody murder, and it's terrifying. <laughs> also, he can be KO'd. Oh, sweet. That'd be fun. Knock that boy out of the way. Um... So I'm going to pick things up a couple more generations here. Okay. I'm going to jump over to Gen 7. All right. Um, you know, speaking of Burnout, a, a, a game I never played, but I did, I I enjoyed some of the uh, mechanics that they introduced from afar, um, including uh, introducing regional variants. So uh, speaking of scalding things, but this is more like a scalding pile of, like, Biohazard goo. Uh, Alolan Muck is my next Pokemon here. And uh, KOable? No, but I don't know. It may, it may use a move that you you are not expecting. I mean, just look at the guy, first of all. It looks like a bunch of just like car wash soap with rocks in it for some reason. But it looks so, super cool, though. Yeah, I think I think it looks really cool too. It, it's it's definitely. I mean, it, it gets the tropical idea down, and it's just uh, it's just fun. Um, so Alola and the monk smiles immediately upon entering the stage, and as it does so, it just immediately disintegrates and falls into a pool on the ground. So it's a mass of green and blue and yellow and pink ooze, and it spreads across to the extent of like Battlefield's main platform. Ultimately, like it's a, it's a fairly widespread. Mm -hmm. uh, anyone that touches that sludge will be dealt constant poison damage so long as they're standing in it. Um, and then you know, for, it lingers for a few seconds afterwards. Uh, you might also, as you're running your battle on that, uh, run off, break one of the many crystals that Alolan Muck has in it. And if you do so, that's concentrated toxin. So that's going to be unleashed in a powder form, and it'll leave you stunned in place for a few few seconds. And, you know, you have to withstand the poison a little longer then, with no choice. Uh, so, yeah, that's a Lovin Muck using Memento. So, okay, let me run, 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 let me run this down a little bit here. So Lovin Muck uses Memento, and he melts down, like, and covers pretty much the yeah. entire platform that he's on. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Because uh, I did muck, and my muck uses acid armor. Yeah. Which okay. causes it to melt down and cover a section of the platform it's on, because that's what acid armor does. Like the description is actually that the that the target squishes itself down, 
Uh, the, mm-hmm. This puddle is quite a bit smaller than your puddle. It's only about the size of Ridley. Uh, and while it's in this form, it's effectively a poison trap. And whenever you walk through it or just stand on top of it, uh, any fighter other than a summoner is going to be taking poison damage just for being there. And if a fighter stays on mm-hmm. top of Muck's body for uh, three seconds, then they'll be considered badly poisoned. And they will continue to take damage after they get off of Muck. Whereas if you weren't on there for three seconds, then you're, you'll only poison while you're there. Uh, and the badly mm-hmm. poisoned uh, effect doesn't go away until seven seconds have passed. So you'll just keep on taking damage until that time is done. Uh, and then when Muck is ready to leave the field, he just squishes back up and reforms his body, gives a slow wave, and then disappears. <laughs> so, you know, a little, a little bit different, but very similar, which it's Muck. I, f- I feel like it's the obvious idea. That was pretty entertaining, though. Cool. Cool. I, I would like to amend mine and say that a lone Muck will also wave. That sounds fun. So you're just making a clone of mine now? Yeah. No, it's going to wave in a different way. Yeah, just like that. Yeah. All right, (laughs) what do you have next? Holy cow, that was such a blur, I forgot it was my turn again. Well, considering my muck, there wasn't as much detail to go over because you kind of took a lot of it. Right, right. Ah, okay. Um, so they're different of... enough. I mean, I assume that yours is probably going to be like a higher yeah. rarity than mine. Like, I had my muck be have a common rarity. Right, yeah. My, mine is going to be a little little less likely. Yeah. It's going to be uncommon. That's only um, one tier un- less likely. Yeah. There are five tiers, sir. There are. Let's do a very rare one, though. Okay. So, uh, very rare is... Um, Again, another generation up. Gigantamax Corviknight. Okay, alright. Yep. Very popular character from Gen 8. Very popular Pokemon from Gen 8, rather. Uh, well-loved in our circle, anyway. Uh, not necessarily Gigantamax, but Corviknight. Um, yeah. So I, I um, again, Sword and Shield has been bereft of me, so apologies if I forget anything in this, but, um, Essentially, uh, you know, you have this giant Gigantamax Corviknight. What are you going to do with that kind of Pokemon on the fore- in the foreground? Uh, answer is you're not going to do a whole lot with its body in the foreground. It's going to appear in the background. I mean, you've played Yoshi's Island. You know how Baby Bowser appears in the Oh, yeah, of course. So Best Yoshi Gigantamax game. Corviknight just... <laughs> not Yoshi's story, or... Yoshi's no. Universal Gravitation? No. Or New Yoshi's Island? No. No? Okay. Okay. It's also not Yoshi Touch and not Go. Yoshi's Island DS? Oh, Touch and Go. You know, the game. Um, <laughs> so, this, uh, you use your Pokeball, and then, you know, this the screen it turns, this the sky turns this ominous red and black, and the clouds and sky, and this giant... Pokemon emerges from the background like Baby Bowser or Kraid just hulking there. And then suddenly it spreads its wings outwards and it's just glowing this deep red color it pulsing around its body and it unleashes it's this massive bellowing windstorm. And uh, so that's 
similar, you know, to like Lugia's Aeroblast, but um, it's using G-Max Wind Rage, of course. Um, and so w the wind will tear across the stage and it goes kind of in a circular pattern uh, as it's whipped up. Uh, it's, it's just more concentrated and faster moving, so it's a little... A little bit different. Like, like how Lugia used to be before they made it suck. Yeah. Because yeah. Lugia in Melee was a threat. Lugia mm -hmm. in the more recent Smash games? Absolute Not joke. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's also a little larger than Lugia's. And then um, any... Oh yeah, that's the interesting part about this move too, is that uh, just from the gusts of G-Max Wind Rage being initiated, uh, all status effects are just negated, um, period, when it appears on the stage. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and this includes self-induced effects like Shulk's Monado Ups. Just, you're done. Could, uh, could really mess things up. You're done? Mess up. Yep. Oh, I'm done. Yeah. All right. No, just don't forget him. <laughs> oh, I won't. What a guy. All right. So uh, I'm going to jump back just a single generation here. And we're going to talk about everybody's favorite little fishy friend, Wishy Washy. Which, <laughs> when they first revealed its name, I was just like, I hate this name. But now I'm just like, you know what? It's kind of fun to say, honestly. Why not? Yeah. So, Wishiwashi. Uh, as we know from those of us who play Pokemon, Wishiwashi has a unique ability to it called schooling that allows it to call forth a whole bunch of allies and become a much larger form. But when Wishiwashi pops out of the Pokeball here in Smash, he just appears as his solo Wishiwashi form. But then he sees what's happening around him and he's just like, nah, fuck this shit, I'm out. And he disappears. And then... At the bottom of the screen, a few seconds later, Wishiwashi returns in its school form, much larger now, a much bigger threat, ready to take on some of these fighters, and he will just be like at the bottom of the screen, and he'll just go, and like he's jumping in and out of the water, right. like the big fish from the from the summit stage, and he will just try and swallow any fighters that happen to get in his way, and if they are in his mouth, they are probably gonna die. You can try and wiggle out of it. Uh, but you're you're probably fucked if you've got mm -hmm. uh, too much damage on you. Uh, you might just get hurt if you just get hit by like um, just by part of his body. But if you actually are positioned to where you get eaten in the mouth like you would with the fish on the summit stage, wishy washy's taking you down. Uh, mm -hmm. Once he's but he's not quite done because he will make that first lap and then he'll return for a second lap. Nice. So he is one of the more dangerous. Pokemon to go up against, and that's why I put him down as having a very rare chance to spawn. Nice. Hey, uh, that's cool. Speaking of dangerous fish Pokemon, mm -hmm. um, or I guess this is more of a sea mammal, uh, Waylord is oh. my next one. The, uh, largest Pokemon thus far measured in the Pokedex. Uh, uh, at just over 47 feet and over 877 pounds on Jesus. average. I know, right? So, um, 
So similarly to Snorlax, right? Um, Wailord will just uh, leap up. It'll it'll come falling down from the top of the stage while making its Pokemon cry. Um, different being that unlike Snorlax, it has a, a it has a comeback with with just like partial recoil when it hits the bottom. It's it's using bo- body slam. It's a combination of body slam and splash. Mm-hmm. So you have body slam on the come in. It's dropping down and hitting hitting opponents on the way in, and then um, it's reaching the bottom of the map and making water come up with splash. And uh, let's see the closer opponent. So uh, water it'll just like splash out in this jet stream, just dowsing the stage from the from the bottom platform. Uh, and the closer you are to it, the harder it'll send you up. Um, and Wheelert's also much larger than Snorlax is. This is a very rare Pokemon as well. Yeah, um, Snorlax, because... Snorlax has also been shrunk yeah. over time mm-hmm. in the Smash games. Mm-hmm. Like, when, when we did our prep for Smash 4, I went up against Snorlax, and I was like, holy shit, he's taking the entire stage. Modern yep. Smash, he tiny. Yeah, he is. This... This neutering is not going to be the bereft Wailord, though, because Wailord is roughly the size of Final Destination. <laughs> so, if you try to avoid it, good luck. You're going to um, have to do a, a damn good dodge. Also, there's a uh, second move, well, I guess a third that Wailord could use. Okay. Very rarely, very rarely. Instead of using Body Slam or Splash, Wailord will um, just appear, and it'll be you know a little little more manageable, like maybe uh, as large as Snorlax was in '64. It'll appear in in place where it was summoned, and use Frustration instead. So it'll glow red and just spin like a top, and and fly forward, just thrashing in like a boomerang arc. And then it'll fly off in the direction that it's moving out of at the top of that boomerang arc. You got this from the Darkest Hilaria in, uh, animation? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And, uh... Yeah, that's that's about it. Jesus. Alright. Okay. So, uh... Let's let's talk about a different type of Pokemon that we haven't gotten to quite just yet. Uh, well, I guess we talked about half of its typing a little bit, but we're going to go talk about another personal favorite of mine, Roserade. Roserade. Yep. I mean, as I said, it's a personal favorite. I've always just liked this one. But Roserade, what they're going to be doing here is that they're going to be. Uh, they'll start off just like twirling pace, twirling place a little bit, kind of like they're doing something like an like an acrobatic like. Uh, spin, uh, hitting people with their flower bouquets all around them. But then following this, they're going to start essentially ice skating along whatever platform that they were summoned on. Uh, they'll be acting, not, not it won't be quite like a green shell where they like fall off their platform and then fall off to the next one. It's more like a green shell where they just go back and forth, but there's no like enemy tracking with it. So mm-hmm. uh, Rose Raid will be uh, just like ice skating around on their platform, turning back and forth around. Uh, and occasionally they will again do a spin, 
dam doing damage to anybody that's next to them, but even then, just like making contact with Rosita in general will hurt you, but the spin will do an extra amount of damage and send you away farther. Uh, Rosita will continue nice. to uh, skate along this platform for roughly about 13 seconds. Uh, and while they're doing all this, a fresh field of grass will sprout up from behind Rose Raid as it creates grassy terrain on the platform that it was summoned on. Kind of similar to how I mentioned Peachy creating electric terrain during its new Final Smash that I designed. But as for what grassy terrain does, uh, for as long as Rose Raid is on the field and for 10 seconds after Rose Raid leaves, this grass will remain. Standing on this grass will cause any fighter who is on the grass to heal about two and a half percent per second. So anybody can get yeah. that healing. Nice. Uh, however, this grass can be easily destroyed with fire attacks. And uh, if a fire attack is dealt to a fighter who is on the grass, they're going to be taking one and a half times uh, the attack's initial damage value. So if Charizard or Incineroar or Mario even is one of your opponents, maybe don't spend too much time in the grass. Because... <laughs> They're going to prioritize hitting your ass with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and that's the move, Grassy Glide. Nice. Um, no, very, very, very intuitive moveset. That's, uh, that's a really fun one. And Rosary is a character, speaking of moveset, which was uh, a misnomer just now, a uh, character I can imagine you making a move, uh, moveset for, given how, uh, how infatuated you are with the design, etc., uh, I wouldn't but no, that's, use that's that word, good. but okay. <laughs> but R Rosalind is a character that I've considered doing a moveset for. Mm -hmm. The only problem is that, like, I've done grass movesets before. I want to branch out into other types so I don't just use the same moves. Yeah, true. True. Um, okay, so with that all said, um, Butterfree is my next one. Okay, Butterfree. Uh, yeah, uh, Butterfree. You know, initially, initially in the in the early seasons of the anime and and um, early games, it was pretty well covered that Butterfree has a bunch of spores inside of its wings, and uh, it's stun spore. I mean, yeah. just kind of is. So. Um, you have butter, butter uh, free appear. I accidentally wrote butterfly appears in my notes. Butterfree appears. <laughs> yeah. For shame. So, uh, For shame, sir. Yeah. Oh, don't I know it? It's the butterfly Pokemon, but not butterfly. Not so, beautifully. Uh, just gent not beautifully either. Um, but some people want you to catch a wormhole, that's for sure. Um, all said. But uh, Butterfree gently flies over the stage, as it does, and uh, spreads spores from its, like, copiously coated wings, as it does. Uh, the spores gradually drop towards the ground, just gently, you know how it goes. Um, and anyone that touches it will be slowed down um, to the point, and, and, and the slowdown builds up over a few seconds into being stunned into space. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's, it's a slow burn effect. Maybe it lasts up upwards of five seconds. Um, but the amount of spores that you're exposed to will actually affect the length and severity of the process. So if you touch a minute amount, uh, it'll only, it'll be pretty brief. If you run through a bunch of them, like just say like a whole spreads worth on Final Destination or whatever, it'll be severe and you'll be stunned in place for multiple seconds. 
Uh, and if you're attacked by the spores in midair and you're stunned in midair, you will free fall. Not just like uh, actually be also, stunned in midair? Right, right. You, you will be uh, for a split moment and, and I have it that you'll free fall. Okay. Um, and then uh, another kicker being that certain KOable Pokemon and assist trophies, uh, like Ditto, can be affected in the same way. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. So Butterfree had packs a little bit more of a punch than you would expect, which is why I have it written down as um, uncommon. Because you can dodge sports fairly easily, but if you get hit by him, you're screwed for a little bit. Touch fuzzy, get dizzy. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, all right, that's interesting. Uh, I, I stun sport makes sense considering Butterfree learned stun sport, poison powder, and sleep powder all at the same time, and I think at level ten, I want to say at least in like one of the, I think it learns them like immediately, or maybe like a couple levels later, but. Right. All right. So you've had a few Pokemon that have done, uh, have had possibilities using diff multiple different moves. And I've got one like that as well. Calyrex. Mm -hmm. Legendary Pokemon right. of Generation 8 and introduced during the Crown Tundra DLC. Uh, so yeah. Calyrex is a bit of a weirdo, just kind of from his appearance. I mean, he honestly has a shit design. Let's be honest. He just does. But when Calyrex what pops out of the Pokeball, thing? it's a the head. Mm -hmm. It's it's yeah, it's odd. When you really That's when you look at the head. design for too long, it just gets weirder. Yeah, I'm doing that right now. It's it's really kind of yeah. unfortunate. Well, here's the good news though. When Calyrex appears out of the Pokeball, he does not appear alone. Instead, Calyrex will randomly appear alongside either Gap, Glass Dryer, or Spectrier. Uh, it's a 50% chance there are odds that it could be either one of these. And these are the two possible steed Pokemon that you can select for him to have in the Crown Tundra DLC. When he rides atop uh, Spectrier, he is in his Shadow Rider form. And when he rides atop Glass Dryer, he is in his Ice Rider form. So, when Calyrex is, uh, when Spectrier is with him, he's a Calyrex Shadow Rider, he's going to be using the move Astral Barrage, the, the signature move that he has in this form. This will cause a pool of dark energy to appear below Calyrex and expand a decent distance around him uh, and before just enveloping an entire dome, oh, a, a whole dome of energy above, uh, above Calyrex. Uh, it won't be anything below him, though, so it's not going to be like a full circle of AoE. It's just going to be a dome here, so you can kind of like slide under whatever his effect is going to be. But once this dome is created, there's going to be like... Oops, Ghostly whiffs that are just going to be like violently swirling around this dome, damaging uh, anybody that happens to have been caught in the dome during the time or just gets passed into the dome during the attack. Just taking a lot of damage, so you can't leave the dome once they are in. You're you're trapped in there. There's a whole effect. But when the attack is over, and while each of these whiffs themselves, they may not be strictly too strong themselves, when the attack is done... Uh, it'll kind of like have a burst effect, knocking anybody else that was in it out and send it flying off. But that's only mm -hmm. Shadow Rider Calyrex. If instead Holy of Spectrier appearing, it's Glass Dryer instead, now we have Ice Rider Calyrex, and he'll be using his signature move of Glacial Lance, where Calyrex will forge a large uh, icicle that he holds up like a lance, and he's just going to aim for one of the fighters, wherever they are on the screen, 
and just toss it omnidirectionally towards them. The lance will pierce through nice. anything and everything. Any obstacle, fighter, item, anything is just going to pass right on through them, dealing heavy damage to whatever it hits, um, and just try to knock them out of the way. The closer you are to Kellex when you get hit by the spear, the greater the damage you'll receive. This can break platforms, this can break open chests, it can ignite combustibles. It is heavily damaging, and you do not want to be targeted and hit by this attack. Nice. Naturally, very, very oh, yeah. odds of appearing. As most mm -hmm. legendaries are in Smash. Right, just like Warlord. <laughs> not a legendary, but yes. But, uh, like like Calyrex, yeah, very uh, unfortunate design, but very fortunate uh, development of moves here. Uh, and, and seeing it ride a steed makes it just slightly better. That's kind of entertaining. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty neat. It's like, I could have done Calyrex um, as, like, Ash himself, but Calyrex as himself is boring. Mm-hmm. And scary, in a way. <laughs> it's like the brain... Like oh my god, okay, but um, okay, let's let's pair things back a little bit here. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a real simple one. Sure. Uh, going back to Gen two, uh, you know him, you love him, your very favorite Pokemon, Don Fan. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Don Fan appears. It falls at the ground and and just rolls up into a ball. It uh, stays in place for a minute, picks up steam, kicks up dust and sparks, yada yada. Then it just charges forward in that ball form. Uh, you know, hits opponents, deals pretty good damage. Then uh, it'll hit a wall or it'll fling it itself off the stage, whatever. Um, but then if it does fling off the stage, it just reappears and uh, does it again in the opposite direction. Do that again if you like multiple times and uh, disappears. Takedown. Boom. All right. Uh, I'll go ahead and do another simple one for me. It's rolling western. I mean, I thought it was going to be rollout that it was using at first until you said takedown. Oh, yeah. Rollout roll works the same. I mean, it makes it. sense. If they roll up in a ball and they go fire enough and they just keep on okay, doing it. it. Yeah, it uses rollout, I think. Okay. <laughs> All right. You can go ahead and make that edit then. Yep. So, since you went simple, I'm going to do a more simple idea as well. And this one is for a Pokemon mm -hmm. that I actually do not like. I don't like this Pokemon, and I don't like its evolution even more. And that's Venacle. I hate Venacle. <laughs> I hate its design. It's very weird. And I don't... It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's better than Barbarical. Holy shit! But uh, I had a fun <laughs> idea that I was just like, you know what? Here, here's a fun idea for a move. And I think Binnacle could use this fairly well. So I was like, screw it. Let's do Binnacle. And that move is going to be Mud Slap. So Binnacle is a stationary Pokemon. It's just going to be like wherever it's summoned, that's where it's going to be forever until it obviously fucks off and leaves the stage. Uh, it has a very common spawn rate. You can KO it. Uh, but what it's going to be doing with Mud Slap is that each of its two heads are going to be wildly swinging themselves around the whole time. Right. I need to quit hitting right. my mic. But they're just going to be like swinging around the whole time. So if you're close enough to them, they'll be doing dim, my, dealing minor damage with their the claws that are on their heads. So you'll get hurt if you're right next to them. But additionally, they're going to be kicking up mud that's going to be flying up in the air around mm -hmm. them in a small area. This mud will also do some minor damage and count as a projectile. And if it lands on the ground, it will stay there up through Benicle's appearance on the field and for the next 10 seconds after. 
kind of similar to the grass with uh, Rose Ray. Uh, any fighter that's trying to move through this bud will have their movement speed slowed down. Because, you know, it's a little bit difficult to run through thick, heavy mud. But, you know, Benicola, it's just very simple. You know, it's dealing weak damage, but it can leave, like, a little bit of an environmental hazard behind. Because, why not? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's cool. That's, uh... Yeah, the Pokemon does look kind of dumb when I look yeah. at it. So the second evolution is just horrible. Yeah. Like, holy Jesus, what the... F what is that? Yeah. But, um... Good, simple work. I like it. Um... I know a po another Pokemon that likes mud too, named oh. Quagsire. Okay. A classic, uh, you know, Quagsire. So, um, yeah, it's lazy. It'll be summoned onto the stage, remain in place with its mouth just kind of partially agape. And then an opponent will draw near and they'll be like, whoa, better get to work. So then Quagsire will turn its tail towards the opponent and begin rapidly flailing it across the ground. So it's like swooping in, swooping in, hitting the ground every so often. Mm -hmm. And then it's kicking up mud towards the opponent as it does, does so. Uh, again, the mud deals uh, minor damage to its foes. It can cover them in it, kind of like uh, Inkling's Ink, for instance. Um, and, you know, this, this deals less damage, but it does slow them down, and, and they can maybe trip on it because... Uh, so it, it leaves a little... Just a little earmark, but uh, last a few seconds after Quagsire disappears, and what what uh what is an environmental hazard really? I mean, some Pokemon have to do it. Yeah, like Quagsire and those other guys. Uh, what was what was the oh, move that Quagsire uh, uses again? Oh, Mudshot. Mudshot. Okay. And then uh, to Quagsire's yeah. Further embarrassment though. Um, you can KO Quagsire just like give it a few hits <laughs> big shame big shame there yeah yeah all right so i'm kind of debating what what i want to be my next one actually you know what let's go with this one we're gonna go with rowlet a starter pokemon uh i've had a couple oh, of nice. starters as well but i said to just do rowlet for my bank of 20 here uh very popular mm -hmm. uh my personal favorite uh grass starter line is the oh, rowlet yeah. line uh it's just so good like, a lot of times the middle evolutions are just weird, but Dartrix works pretty well. Like, it's got a little bit of, like, okay, you're a little little awkward, but solid. So it's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, the line is very good. Uh, but for Rowlet, what he's going to be doing when he gets summoned, like, he has a common chance of appearance, but he can't be KO'd. He's just going to fly up into the air after he's summoned, and uh, he'll just kind of do, like, an erratic flight path, kind of just kind of flying about. And then at various points, he's just going to stop where he is, He's going to open up one of his wings and just, like, let it open as three, as a volley of three leads gets fired down at the stage towards opposing fighters. These leads aren't super damaging, but Rowlet will have to throw them fairly frequently as he's making his flight path across the top of the stage. Uh, after about 11 seconds mm -hmm. of flying and leaf throwing, Rowlet will then leave the field. Leafage. It's his, mm -hmm. uh, the move that he starts out with and that was created for his generation. Very nice. Very nice. I, I uh, Nice, simple, and uh, very characteristic of Rowlet. Um, if only we could pair that with Decidueye as a playable character in Ultimate. Oh, but I did on the wiki. <laughs> I made Decidueye on the you wiki did. a long while back. You did, and that is a nice salve to our pain. Yes. The seers of the cat. Um, I made him in response yep. to this. 
Actually, no. Did I make them before Incineroar was revealed? I feel like I might have. I feel like you did, too. I think I did. <laughs> Let's Maybe see. I, I made... I put Decidueye on the wiki. When was this? April 2018. Which I'm pretty sure was before Ultimate released. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Oh, yeah, before you... Uh, I think it was before Incineroar was revealed. Cause it released in December, and Incineroar would have been revealed before then. Yeah. Incineroar was one of the very last reviews. Yeah. So it was the... Along with Ken, they were the last two. Mm -hmm. What a way to go. Grinchy. And then Incineroar had a, gr a green costume. <laughs> that looked like the Grinch. So that was a fun fact. Uh, speaking of green, um, and not in the grass type sense, uh -huh. but in the uh, Galarian wheezing sense. I'm not sure that's green, but okay, go on. Yeah, the, the smog on his face is <laughs> that it that it lets out. Fair, so, um, fair. Yeah. Yep, yep. When I saw this Pokemon, I was like, I am so set for Generation Eight, and then Generation yeah. Eight happened. And I was like, Oh, never mind. Yeah. But just what a beautiful, <laughs> what a beautiful thing that it it, uh, it earned itself an instant oh. spot on my team in Pokemon Sword. I fucking love Galarian yeah, Weezing so oh. much. Holy cow! The freaking ten-gallon top hats and the the green facial hair. Just what gentlemen! Holy but moly! That they wow. definitely own the Dimsdale Dimadome. <laughs> that they do. That they do. Um, unlike any of the characters in Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. So, um, Garfield's in there though. I mean, we recently met Garfield. Oh wait, that's in a future episode. Uh, one guard. You fucking idiot. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. When Glorian, yeah, when Glorian Weezing appears, um, it just immediately starts producing smog from out of its top hats. So uh, you know, the clear smog from its top hats, uh, and then its other orifices are pumping out that green stuff too. So you have this full industrial production coming out of. Uh, Galarian Weezing's body. Mm -hmm. And it just gradually makes its way throughout the stage, so it moves in like a 360-degree pattern like Hellerin does. Okay. Um, so it's... it's And it moves around the same speed as well, so it's slowly propelling itself around the stage, kind of uh, moving wherever the wind blows. Um, and whoever's hit by the smog has some, dealt some light poison damage. Uh, and again, it depends on how long you've been exposed to it. Um, how hard it'll hit you. And it isn't KOable, but you can hit Galarian Weezing around the stage. And if you do that, it'll just unleash like these heftier streams of gas along the way, like it entrails. Okay, interesting. And uh, that's that. Okay. So you made Galarian Weezing, and you know what I mean? Weezing? <laughs> no, I didn't! Okay, but Weezing okay. is in Melee okay. as an official Pokemon in that game. Uh, yep. But uh, no, I, I didn't make Weezing. Um, Glorian Weezing was one I considered, though, so it's good that we didn't double up there. Like we technically did yep. with Muck. God damn it. Uh-huh. Um, yep. So, for this next one. So, 
Do you know what's happening in a couple of days? Uh, no. <laughs> it's Valentine's Day in a couple of days. You know, the day when everybody likes to express their love for people that they love if they're capable of that emotion. Anyways, uh, so when we were talking about doing this episode, you were just like, haha, too bad we can't do a Valentine's Day theme. And I was just like, bitch, I fucking can. Because I'm doing Love Disc! Love Disc and Smoochum in the same episode. Oh, man. Yep! So when you made the comment, <laughs> I was just like, oh, I'm taking that as a personal challenge. We're going to make Love Disc work. And while you did Sweet Kiss and... What was the other one? Love Kiss. Love Kiss. You did Sweet Kiss and Love Kiss. Love Kiss? Is that a move? Lovely kisses. Lovely kiss. Okay, that makes more sense. I was like, they're in a movie called Love Kiss? No, they're fucking, isn't I did Draining Kiss. on this podcast. No. I did Draining Kiss for Love Disc for this one. So we got a lot of kissing going on today, apparently. So for Love Disc, when it gets someone down to the field, it's going to shake itself very briefly, and then it's going to begin to swim through the air towards a randomly selected opponent. And if it can make it to them, they will kiss them. And which will cause damage to that opponent, just doing a minor amount of knockback. And it's going to swim back to whoever summoned it. And if it can, again, make it to them, because maybe they got knocked away and it's they can't get to them in time. But if it can get to them, Love Disc will kiss them and heal them for half of the damage that they inflicted on the opponent. Oh. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It's, it's like that Love Connect swap thing that Nintendo was making for the turn of the Wii era. What? Love Connect or something? It was a, it was along the time they were developing that like body habitual thing. That the they, Vitality they Sensor. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. They were so excited they revealed that, and it's like, what happened to that Nintendo? Oh, you don't want to talk about it? That's okay. We don't want you to talk about it. Similarly to Pokemon, it's we like, oh, what happened to Pokemon about. Sleep? We don't want you to talk about Pokemon Sleep. Now, Pikmin Bloom is enough. <laughs> Buddy. <So. laughs> All right. Innovative. Um, I hear that hypnosis is pretty popular on Valentine's Day. So That's um, terrifying. Is, is Pokemon. Oh, okay. Speaking of terrifying. Speaking of terrifying, how about Pokemon that are known to kidnap children to harvest their dreams? Hypno. Okay. I would say, like, like, you need to be more specific because Drifloon also does that. It also does that, yes. It, uh, what a, what a guess. Why are there so many Pokemon about either kidnapping children or just dead children turning into spirits? I'm looking at you, Phantom. What the fuck? <laughs> it's, um, it's the spirits yeah, of children who died getting lost in the spirit. woods. What the hell? Imagine bringing that Pokemon to a party. <laughs> Imagine bringing Litwick, Holy which steals crap. the souls of anybody that's near its candle. Pokemon that's are terrifying. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Um, and to think that that um, evolves from a Drowsy, which just looks like a fucking dope. I mean, he's so, a taper. So. Um, yep. Yep. But, uh, but Hypno, you appears, stands in place, swings its pendulum. What do you expect? Uh, but then this, like, barely visible, like, opaque barrier forms around it. It's, like, 
using Smashtopia era, like measurements that we've been doing since Mercurius, it goes about five Kirby's outwards in all directions. Okay. So it's a, it's a fairly widespread. Um, and then anyone that touches the sphere will be affected with a random status effect. So these effects can include variations of scramble controls and stun, um, as well as effects you would otherwise receive from lipstick or super spicy curry. Um, and these effects can stack if you fall into Hypno's uh, range and then get hit with scramble controls, you can fall back in again and be hit with lipstick. And so that's why it's rare. And it's using a variation of confusion. Okay. All right. That'll that would definitely cause some confusion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, it hurts me. I'm saddened by scramble controls, and yet I did it twice so far. You did. Uh, let's let's lift your spirits up a little bit here. Pop quiz. What is the most famous Pokemon cry in all of existence? Cricketune. Yes. Would you like to give an example? <laughs> oh, man. That's not it. I don't know what that was, but it's not that. What the fuck, man? Everyone knows it's literally whoop. Come on now. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. What the fuck's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah. Anyway, so Cricketune, uh, fucking everybody fucking loves this cry. Jesus Christ. It's even... It's even in text form now in Arceus, immortalized oh, as the yeah. Lily Whoop. Yeah. I, I, I love it. Like, thank you. <laughs> Holy shit. They're Pokemon, so, I'm pretty... Yeah. Mm -hmm. So most Pokemon, when they appear yeah. on, the, on the stage in Smash, they really do their cry. Some might, like... I, I think some say their name. I don't remember for sure. But most just, you know, they do their attack. But Cricketune will specifically be doing its cry when it appears on the stage. And then after that, it's going to be following it up with using its blade-like arms to play music across its body. Because it looks like a... What, what is that instrument? Holy cow. I don't know what that instrument is. It's, it's one of the wood instruments. It's just going to, like, play... I can't... A cello. Yeah. It's just going to, like, play the music across its chest like that. And as it's doing this, sound waves will be coming off its body because it's using the move Bug Buzz. Uh, these sound waves aren't particularly strong, but Trickitude will continue to play this music, uh, which will cause the waves to become larger and come out faster the longer and longer he is on the stage, until finally a full circle of sound comes flying off of Cricketune, attacking in all directions around him. Uh, and each thing also kind of like, you know, as they get further out, um, they get a little bit weaker and they start to dissipate. But the final circle mm -hmm. is, the, is the strongest out of all of them. Uh, being able to do more damage to people that are further away. It's still not, like, super strong. It's not a big threat. He's only an uncommon-level Pokemon. But uh, it, it kind of evokes similar imagery to me of Donkey Kong's old Final Smash with the bongos. Kind of how it had those sound waves that would fly mm -hmm. off. Or uh, Barbara the Bat's assist trophy. It, it's, it evokes a similar thing to that, but it's oh, much yeah. more slower and gradual for it builds up to its final hit. Yeah, it's like Miss Barbara the Bat, but think Barbara the Bat looks wickedly uncool? Then Oof. bring Cricketune into your life, and it's way more entertaining. With, I'm with pretty sure Barbara the Bat has some fans, and all three of them are upset right I'm now. More. Yeah, they are. <laughs> it turns out that the three fans of Barbara the Bat are also the three fans of Super Cats Brothers, and we just lost them all. Fuck. <laughs> Good job. Sorry, Eric. 
Listen, I was supposed to get paid this week. You've ruined it. Damn it. That, I'm actually surprised that we had a paycheck this week from the show, but I'm not complaining. Okay, so uh, speaking of Pokemon Legends Arceus and how mm-hmm. good it is and how it's immortalized, uh, uh, something that I also enjoy about uh, Legends Arceus is it's uh, mountable Pokemon. Yeah. really makes you feel uh, fairly majestic when you're uh, Most of riding wire gear around. Oh, yeah. And... That's uh oh yeah, that's that's the next Pokemon I'll be talking about. Weird Ear. Okay. Great name. One of the it might be the best name for new Pokemon that they gave us in uh Legends Arceus. Fucking love it. That that is true. That is true. Uh it's it's definitely up there. Um I can't think of any other Pokemon that are exclusive uh, that. But yeah. I mean um Ur- Ursaluna, Sneasler. Basque Legion. Strong name. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great Pokemon. Great Pokemon. All, all pretty decent for the most part, except for Dialga and Palkia. Um, <laughs> their designs, but that's a whole other story. Um, but yeah, Weird Deer. Um, you know, it's a uh, psychic deer Pokemon, an evolution of Stantler that we see in Hisui. Yep. Uh and its prized fur protects it from the cold, as it will you when you when you travel through colder regions. Uh, and it has these masses of psychic energy in its antlers, in these little orbs that are. Uh, it can even like distort space and time with uh, with with these orbs. Apparently, <laughs> apparently that's how powerful it is. Um, I mean, so, hey, let's be honest. Children, children write the Pokedex. They just do. Yeah. yeah, precisely. I mean, I guess that's a good way to get back home after your travels in East Week. Uh, just be like, hey, let's, let's go back about a thousand years into the future. Um, just like Marty McFly. So, uh, weird you're here. The orbs on, on its antlers will begin to like glow a soft pink. Mm-hmm. And then it dashes forward a few feet, just like one foot, foot held high, as deers sometimes do. And its head held forward, very majestic, and it uh, just headbutts forward a few a few feet. Um, this move being weirder, trademark send headbutt. So, uh, with the amount of psychic energy funneled into these blows, there's a chance again that you're going to be affecting the status of these characters with the with the psychic energy. So, unfortunately, this is another move where you can scramble the controls of the player. Oh my god! <laughs> when you hit them, yeah. Three's the charm, I guess. Um, and then Weird Ear will use this attack several times for disappearing. Um, it can also jump and run around between using the move, so uh, you can ride on its back. It's like anyone can ride on its back. Like Go-Go. Yeah, like Go-Go. Just, just a little... I don't know which one's cooler between the two. I, I would probably pick Weird Ear. I kind of uh, think but... Go-Go is a little bit cooler. Just me. But Weird Ear's pretty good. Yeah. And you, uh, there you go. You said the move is Zen Headbutt? Mm-hmm. I'm very surprised you didn't do Scythe Shield Bash. Weird Ear's signature move. So am I. 
well at one other point or another. Okay. Yeah. So you've you've done a Pokemon from Legends Arceus. Uh, I created one as well. So I guess I might as well have go into uh, mine at this point. Uh, mine, unfortunately, for those of you watching the video, uh, this token has not had its official art released yet. So here you go, have an in-game screenshot. It's Overquill, which is <laughs> not a great name. It's not. Uh, mm, there's there's a few Pokemon in Legend Circus that don't have great names, like Overquill. And there's a few that have amazing names, like Basculegion. Unfortunately, Overquill. Mm -hmm. Not a great name, but um, I kind of like its design, um, mostly at least. I don't like the two spikes it has in front of its eyes. Those, I feel like those aren't necessary. If it got rid of those two spikes and just like had the rest of it stay as is, it'd be like, this is awesome. It's a fucking water mine Pokemon. It's it's that guy in Super Mario World, when you go into water and he's like has these little spikes that constantly like go in and out with, a, with his stupid ass face. You know what enemy I'm talking about, I can't think of his name. But it, it's that right. guy as a Pokemon. Uh, but what I have planned for Overquill here is that, first of all, when Overquill appears out of the Pokeball, it kind of just, like, hangs in the air. Maybe it'll kind of, like, rotate just a little bit because it's, like, it's in the air. So maybe it's, like, being a... It's, like, it's, like, a slow rotation. But it essentially kind of acts like the Unira item, but just anchored in the air. Whereas, like, Unira is that, uh, that little spike trap thing that you throw it down and its spikes all just come out and it'll damage people that run into it. Overquill is very similar, but it's hanging in the air and it's quite a bit larger than the Unira. And if opponents come into contact with uh, Overquill, they'll be damaged. Additionally, Overquill will also occasionally use its move, Barb Barrage, which will cause its quills to all uh, increase in length really quickly for just like a real quick second before immediately retracting. Uh, this will deal uh, increased damage to anybody that happens to be in Overquill's range. Because uh, all of a sudden, like, you may have been thinking, oh, okay, Overquill's just taking this amount of space, so I can just, like, be around it and be fine. Nope. Barb Barrage. Well, now you just got hit. Good job. <laughs> you st even though you thought you were safe, you weren't safe. Uh, but that being said, the uh, regular contact hits both will do just small damage with it, but when its barbs get extended out through Barb Barrage, it will be quite a bit more powerful, and there's even a chance that if you hit by one of the barbs during this effect, that you'll have a poison status effect placed on you for a short time. And naturally, since, you nice. know, anytime you, it gets hit, it damages its opponents, you can't KO an Overquill. Mm-hmm. You sure can't. Mm-mm. Oh, that's fun. That's, that's a pretty uh, handy little, little guy to have on your side. Oh, um, Weirder just called me. Oh? And uh, it, it, it told me that its move is Psy Shield Bash, and that um, in addition to all of the other, uh, the, the potential for status effects on the uh, opponent, mm -hmm. it also will forge a psychic connection between itself and its summoner. So as Psy Shield Bash damages opponents, it will also heal its summoner by half of the percentage that it damaged the opponent. God damn it, if it hits multiple times, that's a lot of healing. Could be. Could Shit. be. Alright. Yeah. It's a good thing there's a cell phone in that game. <laughs> <laughs> that way it could have called me. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> okay. So uh I'll let that back to my back to my handy list of Pokemon here. So uh, 
So, uh, you know, you know who else told me recently? No, I don't. Uh, Sand Slash just. Oh, Sand Slash the phone uh, too. Yeah, apparently so. I'm not sure where it got it from. Maybe one of those Pokemon hacks from the early 2000s where you had a phone for no reason and there was just like really violent or something. I, I have vague. I mean, we had a phone in Generation so, Two, so it's not that crazy. No, no, it only did. Yeah, it was a pretty big phone. Relates to the times, I guess. Uh, yeah. So this is this pairs things back a little bit. It's Sam Slash uh, uses Dig. Okay. <laughs> With big old honking claws. claws. There's also that mole Pokemon whose name escapes me at the moment. Diglett. Could have been the exact same. Drillbur. Yeah, Drillbur. Oh, him there too. But, uh, yeah, yeah, him too. Diglett as well. But Sandflat, um, the, the come up in this move may not be something Diglett could have done. It would have been kind of funny, though. They would have had to use their feet. Uh, so Slash immediately burrows into the ground upon being summoned. Uh, fighters can track its underground movements to the dirt that it burgeons upwards and it speeds about. So, like, we've seen this before, right? Um, sooner or later, it chooses a spot to spat out from, and then it leaps into the air, and it slashes both of its claw claws outwards on either side of itself. So it's just like, ah. Yep. So, uh, so visible claw marks will be seen as it brings them down on opponents. Uh, causes pretty decent damage to whoever they connect with. And those hit by that initial leap from the earth will also be slightly damaged. Uh, performs this action twice before leaving the end. Okay. All right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Diglett would have a little bit of a harder time doing that. So <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. Trissetti has feet. <laughs> True. So my next <laughs> one, uh, this might not be something that people would typically expect. I'm going with Sunflora. Sunflora really? is a Pokemon that is regarded as, generally speaking, a joke in the Pokemon community. Because mm -hmm. it sucks! Majorly. Sunkern, its pre-evolution, is one of the worst Pokemon, period. So I decided I wanted to try and do something <laughs> fun with Sunflora. Let it, let it show its strength. So, Sunflora is going to appear on the stage. It's going to spread wide its leafy arms to the top of the screen. And it's just going to like have this, this glow of sunlight as it's absorbing energy. And then it fires out a gigantic beam of solar energy as it uses solar beam. <laughs> it's the sunflower Pokemon. It makes sense. But yeah. even though Sunflora is using solar beam, it's still a Sunflora. And it can't control the solar mm. energy very well. So what it's going to be doing is it's going to fire a solar beam... And it's like this giant beam in a direction for about two seconds. And then it's going to stop. And then it's going to take a quick second to catch its breath. It's going to fire in another direction. And then stop. Another direction. Stop. It's just going to keep on doing that until it's fired five beams. And then Sinfor will have completely exhausted itself and disappear. Nice. That's fun. Captures the essence of the Pokemon without totally negating effectiveness. That's cool. That's fun. Um, <laughs> what a dopey Pokemon, too. Just, holy cow. Oh, yeah. Um, sweet. Speaking of, speaking of strange Pokemon, I don't know if it's uh, what its stance in the community is, but mm -hmm. it's definitely odd when it's made like a clay figurine from, from the ancient times. Uh, Baltoy. 
Okay, Baltoy. Yep, a ground psychic Pokemon. Maybe this Pokemon will also scramble characters' controls like other psychic Pokemon. How are you doing the same thing over and over again? (laughs) Just kidding. So, um, Baltoy is shaped like a spinning top. It's, I mean, it's in the name Toy. Um, so it begins to rapidly spin in place, and then this, like, tornado whips up around it, um, made of sand. So it just, like, haphazardly spins around the stage, uh, like Kirby's tornado copy ability, just, like, going everywhere. Tweester. And the common it will be dealt, like, yeah, yeah, precisely, like a Tweester, and it'll be dealt consistent minor damage while inside of it. Uh, and then if you run into the spinning Balto, it'll produce a little more damage. Uh, the end. Wait, which move was that? Oh, it's Rapid Spin and Sandstorm. Okay. I think there's... I think there's another move that's, like, kind of... I can't think of what it is, but there's a move that, like, traps opponents in a storm like that for five turns. I just can't remember what it's called. Got it. Is it, um... Sandstream? No, that's a effect. Yeah. I think I have a way to find out. Let's see here. Because that was making me think of something. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I thought this would be an easy way to find out, because usually, you know, fine. I got a better way to find out. You want to not be... Screw you, Wiki. It's <laughs> like, I know there's a move that, that is that, uh, without being like mm-hmm. a combination of two things. It's... Sand tomb. Sand tomb. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. Well, it, it's a it's go. a whirling dust storm that traps people. That is true. Is that a compound word? No, it's two words. Okay. Hey, you can put that on a t-shirt, can't you? There you go. Sweet. Okay, it uses sand tomb. I mean, Baltoy also has a cell phone currently. Yes. Everything has a cell phone now. Yeah. Welcome to the and future. An Android. Yeah. 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 Yes, man. You know what doesn't have a cell phone, though? Because it's an alien. <laughs> Celestela. Okay. You were close. Really. You were close. But it's Celestela, one of the ultra beasts of the Alola region. So Celestela is a fucking massive, massive Pokemon. So when it pops out of its Pokeball, it's going to be appearing in the background of the stage, like, um, uh, I can't remember what one you Galarian said it was. Cor- Thank you. Uh, Galarian Corviknight. So it's going to be, or yeah, Gigantamax Corviknight. It can't be Galarian Corviknight. That's normal <laughs> Corviknight. Or is it? We thought Executor was normal Executor, but it turns out a little an Executor may be the normal Executor, but that's, okay. Anyway, Celestela. So it's going to appear in the background. And while it does, a slow-moving reticle, similar in essence to the reticle from the Halberd stage, is going to appear on the stage as Celestial is trying to find a spot to attack. Once it locks on uh, onto an opponent, if possible, uh, however, if there's no opponent locked on, and then once five seconds have passed, the reticle will just stop wherever it's at. Uh, At that point, Celestial is going to raise one of its massive arms and slam it down from the background on top of the stage, just whacking through everything in its path. This is heavy, heavy fucking damage. Uh, you were going to get sent flying if you are like directly in its path. You are probably screwed. But then it's going to do it again. 
And again! <laughs> Three times Soul Steel is going to be doing this as he uses the move Smart Holy Strike crap. to lock onto an opponent and just devastate them. Oh, man. Man, I'm taking it that's very rare. Yes. <laughs> and it's not oh KOable. Duh. No, no, no. It's in the background. I w yeah. Okay, that's crazy. That's crazy. I'm going to give you my Ultra Beast then. Okay. We're just following in trend. Mine is also a massive behemoth. It's Guzzlord. Okay. Uh-huh. So he did UB04. I'm doing UB05. Uh, codenamed Glutton. Uh, certainly a Pokemon that lives up to its name. Yeah, uh, it's codename and its name. Um, because, I mean, it guzzles up everything, like skyscrapers and mountains and all this other crap, and it just feels like hard rubber and elastic when you touch it. So arguably the strangest dragon Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at well, it. Um, it's either that, that or, or a lone executor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't really think dragon when you see executor. No! I think um, tree! Tree and, like, eggs. Um, oh yeah, that, that actually is the etymology, isn't it? Um, but it's like, yeah, this like Lovecraftian evil thing. Not, yeah. You know, just inherently abominable. Um, so it stands roughly the size of Snorlax, so like half of Final Destination ish. Uh, and emerges from an ultra wormhole as it's summoned. And then it turns towards where the majority of the fighters are. So if you have two people on the right side of Guzzlord and one person on the left will turn towards where the majority of the action's going, and then they'll just begin to suck. It'll open its massive mouth and just start swallowing like a gigantic Kirby. Jesus. Um, I assume this is the swallow character. attack. Yep. But items as well, and uh, and KOable Pokemon and Sistrobies, enemies, etc., so anything trapped in Guzzlord's mouth will be heavily damaged upon the come out. So this is Swallow and Belch. So it's propelled by a supersonic burp that moves nearby objects a few feet just with like the force of the blast of its guts. Um, and those belts out from Guzzlord's mouth will be sent flying uh, with the exception of certain items. Like if it, if it eats an item drone or it'll be burped right out or a crate or a barrel. If it swallows food, I mean, it's gone. Yeah. It swallows a warp star, it's gone. Uh, and there's the works. Here, here's, a, here's a fun little scenario. Characters being pulled in by Guzzlord, and so is a superstar. Hits the character, <laughs> and now they're immune to Guzzlord just in time. Because <laughs> I assume that they're immune to damage, and yeah. they wouldn't be they would not even be affected by him being trying to suck them in. They're just now free. I would assume. Mm -hmm. Either I mean e either oh, that, or they yeah. still get sucked in. They just take no damage because superstar. Yeah, I mean at that point, I think it's it takes priority, and maybe there would be instances where one happens and instances where the other happens. Yeah, who knows. Uh, we don't Who have to program knows? the game, so it's not on us to figure it out. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. All Thank right. For us. <laughs> so for my next one, I'm going to go with <laughs> Gothitelle. 
uh, second type Pokemon from the Unova region, and that was not initially on my list. Originally, I was going to do Heat more, but I wasn't too pleased with what I was coming up with with its move, Fire Lash. So I decided, you know what, let's do Gothitelle instead. In Gothitelle, you know, you've had to have a few Pokemon that scramble opponents' moves and controls, right? You know, you've mm -hmm. done that a few times? Yeah. Well, I'm not doing that with Gothitelle because that's stupid. <laughs> instead, I'm doing something quite a bit different here. So Gothitelle is going to be using the move Telekinesis. Uh, so what will be mm -hmm. happening is that while Gothitelle is out on the field, it is going to be applying a passive buff to the character that summoned it. And then it's just going to pretty much disappear just a couple seconds later, but this buff will remain. Uh, this buff makes it so that the player is now visually hovering over whatever platform they are effectively standing on. Mechanically, this lets them avoid activating any ground-based traps, such as the Pitfall item, or, or, uh, or, um, like, Villager's, uh, the Gyromite that, that Isabel can plant. They'll just, like, pass right mm -hmm. over them. It's not even going to be a thing. Uh, the player can also get a small boost to their jumping height, and they'll also get an additional jump while in the air. And this buff will persist until the player is KO'd. Oh, yeah. So until they get KO'd, jump boost, immune to ground traps, which would also include our designs for Muck that we talked about earlier, and extra jump in the air. It's pretty good. Holy. Holy cow, yeah. That is quite the cabal of of effects at hand. Uh, just just a total mutualization. And that's a, that's a good way to 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 represent Gothitelle, and and uh, it's very uh, many many interesting in layers I think to that Pokemon and, and its potential. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, Poor Alolan Muck and Muck. <laughs> they can still wave and say goodbye, though. Uh, as for my next Pokemon, it is um, a Sinister Force. Okay. It's truly undeniable worse than Guzzlord. It is uh, Mareep. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know the Pokemon that starts out looking like a sheep and then inexplicably a giraffe. Yeah, that. I mean we have a fish turning into an octopus, <laughs> so that's also true. Um, yeah, it, it's known for for shedding its wool and then having it grow back in full form in a week. So it's uh, pretty. It's like the Harry Potter sheep, mm -hmm. and then uh, it stores air in its fur to alongside just like a bunch of electricity so it's like a walking electrical current um as well which i guess the folks shearing it are not hurt but it can be effective in battle so uh Mareep is naturally a gentle pokemon it's not something that's going to want to go out of its way to fight you or or anything along those lines it's it's docile um but anyone that that touches Mareep as it just kind of walks around the stage minding its own business will be dealt like damage from its electrically charged uh wool mm -hmm. uh so if you hit Mareep, you won't even rile it up or ko it um but you will scare it enough for it to discharge the electricity so it'll like fry and, and you just burst out in electricity for a moment so electric waves will be shot out in like all directions in, like a little sphere from Mareep. 
and deal damage uh, equivalent to the severity of the hit that's got to it. So you're you're hitting it with a smash attack; it'll hit, it'll hurt you more than if you did with a standard attack. Um, yeah, so it's it's kind of like a Mr. Saturn kind of game of hacky sack that can come out, but it's more reap and it's a little more devastating, mm-hmm. and it is more reap. There you go. All right. So, for my next one here, I'm going to go with what might be the most dead, dangerous and deadly Pokemon on today's episode of the podcast. There's a reason why this one has a very rare chance of appearance. And that is Absol mm-hmm. using the move Parish Song. Now, Parish Oof. Song in Pokemon, uh, when used, any Pokemon that... It, are on the field at the time, if they are still on the field after three turns have passed, will be instantly KO'd. How this is going to translate into Smash is that Absol is going to appear as a glimmering circle appears behind Absol, uh, just covering in an area just a little bit smaller than a smart bomb with Absol at the middle. And at this point, Absol is going to begin to utter a sorrowful sounding tune, warning all fighters of a coming disaster. This song will last for three seconds, before Absol disappears. Any opponent who enters the circled area around Absol at any point while the song is being sung will be afflicted by Parish Song's effect and a small number will appear above their head. This number will start at 5 and continue to count down by 1 every second until it reaches 0. When the number reaches 0, any fighter who was afflicted by this status effect or receive a high amount of damage, but no knockback. They'll just be instantly hurt. And after this damage is calculated, if a fighter has reached 100% damage or more, then they will be instantly KO'd. Now, when I was coming up with this, I, th- I was worried that this might be too powerful. So I'm actually using this moment here, workshopping just a little bit. Get your opinion here. I don't know if 100% is too small. There are final smashes that do 100% damage. There are a couple unique special moves that, do 100- that will KO on this at 100% damage. But this is a little bit different. Part of me thought I should raise it 200%, but I wasn't really sure. But I do think if this move is going to be Parish Song, it does need the chance, at minimum, a chance of instant KO. Yeah, I, I think that it's totally fair. I mean, say that it adds, you add in 50% damage from Parish Song, and then you have a so it, it, it can have a, it's a low barrier to entry. I mean, sure. Though at the same time, uh, there, there's elements where it won't KO somebody. Like at the, if it's summoned at the start of a match, yeah. also taking into account that it's going to be extremely rare to come across. Yes. Um, and it's stationary. So when, you, when you factor that in, like, right. So when you're, when you're dealing with Absol only once every, what, 20 games, then so be it. Um, so I think it's, ridiculously formidable um but it's fair because it falls within range as well as you said um yeah i'm i'm, I'm cool with it all right I'm cool with it and i think it's wild just like holy cow <laughs> a little bit a little bit oh a little bit a little bit we'll pull it back a little bit but still do gen 3 for the next one it's uh shift tree okay the uh Tengu-like Pokemon, the evolution of C-Dot and the iconic Nuzleaf once exposed to the Leaf Stone. 
uh, using Leaf Tornado, um, Shifri stands in place where it was summoned and just starts flapping with its leafy hands, just mightily, like just crazily. Um, and then it kicks up a whirlwind of leaves. So then these this whirlwind of leaves tra travels like a gale in all directions from Shifri, sort of standing there and going outwards, mm -hmm. kind of like a nose effect. But uh, but it goes much further. I mean, it's a very powerful uh, move in Pokemon. So it's uh, leaves are mixing up in the wind. That's bursting around everywhere. It's cutting opponents with the with the leaves, uh, and making it harder for them to move around because of the wind battering them back and forth, potentially hurling them off the stage as well. So it's 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 a rare. I've said it as a rare chance because it's a stage stage affecting move. Um, that's that's relatively powerful so i uh, just beware the guardian of the forest all right so at this point mm -hmm. i believe if i've been keeping things in track correctly we each have five pokemon left that we designed mm -hmm. and we are very very close this time here on this episode but i kind of feel like we can power through and get through all of these if we go through if we go through them fast enough what do you think yeah let's do it all right, so I'm going to kick off my final five with a Pokemon that is going to break convention, because isn't that something Sakurai loves to do? He takes our preconceived fan rules oh, and he just shatters them over his knee. Well, I'm about to do that today <laughs> by introducing my next Pokeball Pokemon, Pikachu. Now, I have made a playable character into a Pokeball item. But as anybody seeing the visuals can see, there's something different about this Pikachu than our normal Pikachu that we play as. This Pikachu is wearing a cap. Now, this is important because in uh, Generation 7, the Alolan games, you know, there are Z moves. Special little Z crystal items that Pokemon can hold, similar to Megastones, which unlock a special attack for them to use. And Pikachu has two Z stones and Z moves available to it. One that any Pikachu can use, and one that only Pikachus wearing a cap, which are given out in special event distributions, are able to use. And that is what this Pikachu is going to be using. It is going to be using its Z move, 10 million volt Thunderbolt. So, <laughs> when this Pikachu appears on the field, it's made very clear that it's different because it is again wearing a hat, and it is not just wearing any old cap. It's wearing the original cap that Ash wore in the first season of the Pokemon anime. This Pikachu nice. will then throw its fist forward as it activates its Pikachunium Z and channels Thunderbolt into 10 million volt Thunderbolt. Once Pikachu finishes all of the uh, little motions that it makes for the move, it will then leap high into the air as an aura which flickers through the colors of the rainbow uh, comes out and surrounds it before it splits off into seven distinct sparks of electricity that all surround Pikachu. These rainbow sparks are going to manifest into bolt electricity which then fly diagonally downwards from Pikachu and strike the ground with thunderous force. Well, while each bolt of lightning does appear to be its own thing, and theoretically speaking it is, this attack functions itself as a solid beam of energy that's just being fired diagonally downwards. So they're separate lightning bolts, but they all form together mm -hmm. in one singular attack. 
Uh, getting strike, but getting hit by the second stake will pull in opposing fighters to the point that they are taking constant damage before the attack ends, so they're all becoming trapped inside the lightning bolt if they were hit by it at all. This attack lasts for 8 seconds as Pikachu's electric assault will then end with the lightning all petering out and starting to fade away. And then with a final triumphant cry of Pikachu, Pikachu will leave the battle. This is again another very rare chance of appearance because holy shit this attack will be very damaging. And come on, we can't have Pikachu be a Pokeball without a... Like, if it was a common appearance, that'd be crazy, considering Pikachu's also a fighter. So I decided to make it very rare. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, that really that really gets the goozle going. This is my... Pikachu EMZ. When, when, we, right when, we set, when we chose this episode to do, this was my first idea. I was like, I have to do Pikachu. I gotta do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. I would have done Pokemon Channel Pikachu, so it's a good thing you did Pikachu instead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, so I'm going to put that one on my to-do list. <laughs> Pokemon Channel Pikachu. Okay, anyway. So, um, holy cow. Way to break into the final five. Pokemon Channel Pikachu. Anyway. Uh, yeah, coming back to it. Uh, Gen 7... Great time, Z moves, Gigantamax was not until Gen 8. Yeah. I get confused. And it was not a good time. There's been a lot of stuff. No. No, it wasn't. Um, but Z moves, okay, fine. Ultra Beast, okay, fine. Oh, it's another Ultra Beast. It's Cartana. Oh, okay. I like Cartana. It's a it's a good design. I'm a fan. Yeah, that is. It is. Grass and Steel is a, is a fun typing, too. Um looking like this extra dimensional origami man <laughs> it, it's fun it's fun um so cartana appears and then it just uh you know it slashes towards opponents with efficiency and accuracy it uh and you know like in a in a basic anime where uh a very skilled swordsman will just barely unsheath their blade and then disappear in thin air and then reappear and slash. Oh yeah, that's what Cortana does. It, it it disappears, reappears in front of opponents and slashes down on them with its two like blade hands. Uh, if an opponent has a shield up too, Cortana Cortana can simply slash through it, so it's a, it breaks shields immediately, and then it can follow it up like, haha! I can't believe you tried to counter that with another attack. Like, okay, a slash again immediately and deal devastating damage uh then towards the end of its stay on the stage cartana will then return to center stage and then leap into the air and given this has kind of a fairly immediate radius so uh maybe workshop and maybe i can have it appear over a character i'm not sure though uh but then it'll come crashing down on it um using guillotine after using Sacred Sword for its standard attack, so lose guillotine and just slam down massively towards the center of the stage. And if anyone, it, it's such a powerful blow. If you, I have it that there's a good chance that even if you're like just at twenty percent, you can be sent flying just far enough. So it's okay. a very, very rare appearance, of course. Yeah, mm, that's that. I mean, you could even just have it since, like, since guillotine is a one-hit K move in Pokemon. If Absol can kill, then maybe that final hit from uh, Cartana, if they're at 100%, it just kills. Mm -hmm. 
Because because you yeah. said that like because you said that's that this is this final hit, it just it just goes like to the top of the stage and just like it does a slam down, uh, roughly in the middle, right? It doesn't like specifically target a specific mm-hmm. character. Right. Yeah. So if it doesn't like specifically target anybody, it just like goes picks a point and just hits there, then I think that's like that mm-hmm. telegraphed enough that people can get out of the way. So why not make it an insta kill? It's a guillotine after all. Okay, I'm gonna do that rant right now. Just let me call Cartana. All right, yeah, you go do that. Okay, I, I will. All right. Well, for my next one, uh, I'm gonna go with Bronzor. Uh, another Pokemon that I'm not much of a fan of. I prefer Bronzor over Bronzong at the very least. Bronzong can go fuck itself. But you Bronzor know. is, uh, he's kind of he he looks like a mirror, right? But mm-hmm. he can't use the move Mirror Coat, which really pissed me off when I was doing research because I had like a brilliant idea for Bronzor, and I was like, okay, it's going to use the move Mirror Coat, and it's going to do a thing. But then I was looking things up, it's like Bronzor can't learn Mirror Coat. What the fuck? So, <laughs> unlike all the other Pokemon that I've talked about today that all use move that they can actually learn, I'm breaking my rule. Bronzor is using Mirror Coat. Fuck it. If they can okay. invent Puff Up and Skull Bash for Jigglypuff and Pikachu, I can do it too. So Bronzor uh, is gonna be is gonna float up above it. So many points. It's gonna like rise in the air a little bit, and it's just gonna like like just stay there, kind of like how Overquill stays in place. But Bronzor is gonna be a much smaller target, and it does not damage on contact. Instead, when it appears, a reflective sheen will appear over its body. Uh, Basically turning Bronzor itself into a reflective surface. So for the next 13 seconds while Bronzor is on the stage, it is going to become a stationary reflector. So it can reflect any and nice. all projectile attacks that make contact with Bronzor and send them right back towards their center at increased speed and increased damage. Uh, it's an additional 20% damage to the attack. Uh, it's not a very big target. It's probably a little. It's probably about Olimar sized. I would say roughly Olimar sized. But any projectile that hits it is just going to go right on back. So it could, like, depending on where it's summoned, it could become a game changer. Because now your opponent isn't going to use projectile moves in that spot. So they're going to have to get in close to you. Mm -hmm. Neat. That's right. I can see why you'd break the rules for that. (laughs) Just get in close and get wrecked, I guess. Yep. Sweet. Okay, so uh, speeding on into my fourth from the last character here, uh, Pokemon here. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Salamence. Salamence. Uh, pseudo right. legendary and favorite dragon flying Pokemon. Yeah, good looking guy. So um, Salamence uses Dragon Breath. Uh, flies in high above the stage from from the moment that it's summoned. And then just takes a few moments to itself before unleashing just that pulsing beam of dragon breath. And it's kind of, kind of acts like Lucario's um, Final Smash, where you're mm. guiding it from one side of the stage straight across to the other. And it's like this really devastating beam. It, it moves fairly quickly, so it's a little difficult to dodge. Um, it's, it's just utterly powerful and deals a ton of damage. Uh, and then it uses it again before departing. So it goes in one direction... Then it goes in the other direction, and then it flies away. Okay. And, uh, rare appearance because of how heavy that damage is. It's, it's simple, but I think it works. 
Does it go through uh, thin platforms? Like battlefield yeah. platforms. Oof. Some mm -hmm. stages you got yep. nowhere to run. Nope. All right. <laughs> so for my next one, we're going to do with another very rare chance to appear, but not because it's particularly dangerous. This next Pokemon is going to be Comfey, the uh, essentially the, the posy picker Pokemon from the Alola region. And it just looks like a big old lay, but it's honestly kind of weird when you find out that it's really just like one long, like a metal band. It just puts flowers onto its band. It's, Kind of odd when you think about it that way. But anyways, okay. Comfey, when it appears, it's going to fly over to its summoner, and it's going to act like the lay that it's designed after and place itself around their neck. So imagine Ridley wearing a lay, or Rob, or <laughs> Ephraim, uh, Zoroark, Vanillix, any of these Pokemon, or any of these mm -hmm. uh, potential Smash Brothers fighters. Imagine Disney just wearing Comfey around their neck. While it's around their neck. For the next 10 seconds, Tomfei will be using its attack, Floral Healing, to heal its partner of 3% damage every second. Uh, unlike the similar right. item, Healing Sprout, Tomfei cannot be transferred from one fighter to another. It is only going to heal the person that summoned it. And that's going to be 30% in total that it will heal you by the time it's done. Which is pretty substantial. That's pretty, pretty damn good yeah and uh i like that it's loyal to its to its partner very uh very in line with the, the spirit of valentine's day so uh i like but it. no kissing the, this the time is funny. And no kissing this time that's 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 off stage yes. um so speaking of just things attached to you uh my next pokemon is victory bell oh okay also a Pokemon that you swallow, just a little bit differently here. So it's it's on the stage, just like waddling around. But when an opponent nears it, it'll leap onto them and just like immediately swallow them, as it does to James in the first season of the Pokemon anime, oh, yes. et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, it'll, yeah, good running gag. It'll have them down to their feet. So the fighter will be able to move and jump around at a much less in speed than normal mm -hmm. as Victory Bill is just like choking on them, uh, but not be able to do anything else within the Pokemon's clutches. They have to fight free of Victory Bell and then make sure to dish out like a well-timed smash attack to knock it out. Otherwise, it'll just kind of wander around again and chow down on somebody else. There All right. Go. Simple enough. Makes sense <laughs> to me. So Simple enough, but I love the aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. So we've had a couple of Pokemon that uh, do their attacks from the background of the stage, and I'm going to introduce one more, and that's Dragapult, the pseudo legendary of the Galar region. So Dragapult, uh, as nice. as a fun little detail of it, it has its pre-evolved form Dreepy uh, in the little holes on top of its head that it can fire out as missiles, which is a crazy idea, and I love it. And that's so mm -hmm. what it does, and it's mm -hmm. signature move, Dragon Darts. So what Dragapult is going to do, uh, once it appears on the stage, it will fade out of view, and it just reappear in the background, uh, considerably larger. And then, after a brief moment, there's going to be four to six small reticles that appear on the screen that are semi-tracked to be near opponents, but aren't supposed to be, like, locked immediately onto them. 
Uh, after a quick second has passed, Dragapult will then fire a series of Dreepies from its horns onto those points of the stage. Each <laughs> Dreepy will deal a relatively small amount of damage, but the fuck, but the but they fire out blindingly fast, so it's pretty much like reticle and then fire. So be careful with that. Nice. It doesn't give you a whole lot of warning. Uh, Dragapult will fire a total of five volleys of Dreepy attacks in rapid succession before it disappears from the battle entirely. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Very nice. Um, I like the idea of the of the Dreepies honing in, too. It, it's a fun Pokemon. Yeah. Um, Dragapult is such yeah, a good design. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It really is. Uh, one more psychic Pokemon. Let's bet on if this is going to scramble controls or not. Because I no. don't remember. Um... It's a psychic Pokemon that uses psychic, actually. Oh. It's a, a beloved a beloved individual named Alakazam. All right. Solid answer to end it off. Mm-hmm. Alakazam teleports to the center of the stage and begins to glow a soft purple aura. It lifts its spoons into the air. And as it lifts its spoons into the air, all of the summoner's opponents... Are lifted into place as well, lightly into the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, suddenly, Alakazam will slam the spoons downwards, and so do go the, its foes as well. So, Alakazam is picking them up and slamming them down, dealing some pretty nice damage, embarrassing damage. Um, and even if a fighter's in midair, they can still be caught by the attack. The only way to really evade it is with a well timed dodge. Um, so it's kind of like so it's kind of like an aura that appears, appears around you yeah. before it grabs onto yeah. you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and then it could perform up to three times where it disappears, and also even if you're in midair. Oh, I already mentioned that. Or rather, even if you're uh, like if you're in midair, it could be most devastating because it could slam you down to like the bottom blast zone, and you're done. Yeah, and it's a uh, rare appearance; cannot be KO'd. Okay. Bada well, bing, bada boom. it's time to round this out with our final Pokemon. Even though I, I just said Alakazam was your final one, and I realized, no, wait, no, it's not. We got one more each. <laughs> yeah. So my last one is going to be a personal favorite of mine. I love that they created this Pokemon Gem 8. Uh, it's a addition to a Pokemon that deserved some fucking love no. from the very beginning. It's my buddy Surfetched. I love this guy. Mm-hmm. He is the sole reason why I played Pokemon Sword over Pokemon Shield. He was an instant addition to my team. It had to be done. So Surfetched mm-hmm. is going to be using its signature move, Meteor Assault. When he's summoned, he's going to strike a pose, showing off his impressive physique. And then he's going to... <laughs> Oh, I just looked at what I read. I was like, wait a minute, what the hell? That didn't look quite right. Uh, but he's going to then going to pick up his leak and he's going to like hold it forwards like a lance. Like he was about to do some jousting. And then once he's ready, he's going to charge forward with his lance and damage any opponents in his way. This move is going to, he's going to be like running pretty quickly as he's going across. Uh, this attack will hit hard, but unlike others of a similar nature, it's not actually going to be dragging opponents with it along the way. Just one hit is enough to deal damage and knockback, with the damage being heavily increased if you're hit by the tip of the leak mid-charge. 
much like the mark on the tipper of his sword. When Surfetch reaches an obstacle or the end of a platform, it will stop briefly before turning around and resuming his charge in the opposite direction. So he's just going to, like, charge. Charge. Just keep on going like this. Uh, it's slow. It's powerful. And he continues to charge around on whatever platform he was summoned on for eight seconds, and then he is gone. Nice. That's a way to wrap it up. Yeah. What a, what a guy. What a good boy. Um, and I like the little little details where you can see that it's a uh, knight of a certain caliber, like how it doesn't let itself slam to a wall. Yes. Um, just all around bursting with character, very nice. Um, and now I'm not even going to attempt to one-up it. I'm just going to give you what I have last. What you got? And that is... We've spoken of pseudo-legendaries here and there, and this one is another one of mine, although less of a dragon and more of a dinosaur. Okay. So to wrap things up, it is Tyranitar. All right, the kaiju himself. Yes, the great Godzilla ripoff made of rock. A lovely Pokemon. Pretty pretty cool um it has multiple moves up, up its disposal the point i was like wow this could have been a character <laughs> this could have easily been a character and it might actually be at some point but um tyranitar appears walks in and a sandstorm is just immediately whipped up because of sandstream it's uh you know it's inherent status effect that's attached to tyranitar yeah, it's ability so the storm reduces yeah so the storm reduces visibility for for player characters. You know, you're, you're looking around at the screen. You're like, what the f is going on? Um, it makes it harder for everyone else to move around as well. Uh, and wind turns left and right in few second long intervals as well. So it kind of pushes you in the opposite direction every few seconds. Um, so as that storm rages on, Tyranitar will stalk the stage. And it walks and runs at about the same pace as, say, Ganondorf. Um, it's capable of several attacks. Uh, earthquake, Bite, and Stomping Tantrum. Uh, all of which, you know, they operate about as one would expect. So Tyranitar enables Earthquake by using Stomping Tantrum. It mashes nearby opponents into the ground with the might of its feet. So it's like Donkey Kong's hand slap. And then Earthquake uh, tosses them up from afar. So it's, it's a move that has more distance than you would think and as it continues to sculpt about um, if you're too close to it it'll bite you and it'll just deal super heavy damage and uh, instantly shield break as well um, and then eventually Tyranitar will you know dozens like 15, maybe 15 seconds not dozens of seconds uh, pass and it finally walks back into the sand from which it came and you might challenge Tyranitar uh, it has a lot of heavy armor. It's hard to knock out. But you can KO it. And uh, there you go. All right. It's kind of like uh, how some assist trophies actually have some life to them. And they can run around and do attacks like Dark Samus mm -hmm. in Smash 4. Yeah, precisely. All right. Well, precisely. that is 40 brand new Pokeball Pokemon ideas that we came up with. Uh, we actually got through them all. 
Well, a little over time, but not too bad. Holy cow. And they are all going to be on the wiki. If you want to see the further details of any of them, as well as the further details behind Pichu and Geralt of Rivia, uh, check them out on the Smash Topia wiki. It's all right there. But uh, that's going to be it Seriously. for what we have for you today. 42 submissions. 42 in one episode. Holy yeah, cow. That's insane. It is. But you know what's even more insane? The fact that this show is still going. Because in our next episode, it's going to be another Smasher Dash episode. And we're bringing back a previous guest, Suji Fuji, back to the show. We'll be talking about some Animal Crossing characters, along with maybe a few other things. But uh, we'll see you then. We will see you then.